Welcome to the Walk With Me podcast. I'm Pastor Stephen Bond from Divine Church in Chapel Hill, Tennessee, and I am so excited that you are walking with me. What that means is we are walking together through God's Word, just about three chapters a day, and uh, you're going to get the most out of this if you read these chapters independently and then listen to the podcast, but they're going to be short, 10 to 15 minutes each day, so that you can listen to at the start or the finish of each day, and I believe that it'll bless you as it's blessed. Me. I'm stepping, I'm stepping out on your word. I'm stepping, I'm stepping out on your word. I'm stepping, I'm stepping out on your word. Today's passage comes from Psalm chapter 31, 32, and chapter 33. I want to touch on this morning that there may be some parts of these psalms that are very loudly speaking to us that I may not comment on, just simply for the fact that I feel as though. Uh, we may have recently addressed it in another psalm. and uh, So I'm not blind to those things, but I'm trying each day to hopefully um, touch on things that are somewhat new to us in, in our time together, unless they're just extremely prevalent on my heart. Even if it is something we recently talked about, then I will speak on it again. But just another reason for why you should um, meditate on these psalms yourself and let the Lord minister to you through them. These are simply some notes and things that were kind of highlighted to my eyes as I was uh, reading through our, our passage together. So in Psalm 31, um, this is a, a psalm of surrender from David where he says, You know, into your hand I commit my spirit because you have redeemed me, O Lord. I will rejoice and be glad in your steadfast love because you have seen my affliction. That's a powerful passage, just that much. You know, just to remember that the Lord is always seeing us. He's never not seen us. He's never turned His face to look away. He, he has seen our struggles, our victories, our defeats, our arrogance, our humility. He's seen everything in between. And He's chosen to love us in, in a way that um, defies... Um, the limitations that love normally bears. Um, he has chosen to love us and save us and rescue us regardless. And he, he goes through, um, this is a really, I want to kind of say stereotypical psalm, but maybe I should say more of it. It's more of a flagship psalm uh, that, uh, that deals with kind of the heaviness of heart in the beginning. And then it kind of has a, a change in it in the middle portion. Um, so David goes on and he begins to explain the, the heaviness of his situation. For his life is spent with sorrow and his years of his sighing. His strength is failing. Um, there's terror all around him. He's been forgotten like one who is dead. People are scheming together against him. There's a plot currently to take his life. You know, and this, this may not be relevant to us in, in its own literal way to where there's probably not many of us that are together today that have experienced true scheming against our lives. None of us have probably ever really wasted away in, in grieving and sighing and feel as though our bones are wasting away. There's a good chance that because of David's um, life on the run, that because of Israel's allegiance to Saul and Saul's hatred towards David, that he would have very well been hated 
by so many people without just cause. And that if he that he would have even been very hungry. You know, he didn't live in a time where he could just swing by Kroger and pick himself up something to eat. Um, as you're running for your life, you know, where are you even going to obtain food from? I believe every meal was just uh, God's provision for him. Um, yet, so, so these were incredibly difficult times that maybe we can't, you know, completely relate to. But we've all experienced moments where we just feel like we're being pressed on every side. Maybe our sides are different than his sides, but they still feel the same regardless. Where we, we feel as though our finances are in a struggle and our relationships are rocky and, you know, our friendships are turning and, you know, we're being forgotten by people and we feel overlooked. And, you know, and, and sometimes in the midst of all that, we kind of go, man, where's God in all this? You know, because this is, this all just kind of stinks. And, and um, I'm just kind of waiting for God to do something. And so th- that's, that's where David's at, and that's where David was at in a lot of these psalms, and I can't express that enough as we're going through them, that these weren't all cheerful songs of, you know, excitement and, and, and gratitude. A lot of these were from a broken, desperate place where he didn't know anything else to do but to just sing to the Lord um, and be honest, and in, in the singing and the honesty um, there would always be a turning point like there is in verse 15 where it says 14 actually but I trust in you O Lord I say you are my God so everything's crazy right now and I don't understand it but I trust in you and I'm going to repeat it again and again you are my God my times this is probably my favorite verse in this chapter my times are in your hand So he says, things are crazy, but I just want to acknowledge that you're my God, and I know that my life and my time is in your hand, and I know that you have a plan for all of this. And that's such a beautiful moment. There's there's been so many times that I've been pressed, and I'll get away with the Lord, and I'll just recommit my spirit to Him. I just recommit myself to Him, and then I begin to surrender the things that I've been carrying and then I remind myself I encourage myself that my life is in his hands and he'll do with me what he pleases and even if there's not an immediate circumstance change when you confess that there is an immediate encouragement of your soul because you're reminded that regardless of how things are currently when God decides it's time all at once like a flash of light there will be a circumstance change. And so, and that should also just give us cause to just cherish each moment. Even if it's a time of great suffering, even if it feels like it's a time of immense persecution, there is some good in this season. And there is some purpose in this season. And we are best to seek uh, what that purpose is and what the assignment of this season is and what God's trying to grow in us in this season because Life moves quickly and you'll blink your eyes and this season will pass and you'll step into a different season entirely. Maybe one of prosperity, uh, maybe one of immense blessing and favor. But you'll look back on the current season and you'll think, man, that felt like it lasted 20 years uh, in the moment. But when I look back, it felt like it lasted five minutes. I wish I wouldn't have been so downtrodden. Uh, And so, you know, David spent all this time on the run. 
but it probably all seemed like just mere seconds whenever he was up in the palace and whenever he was dancing near the Ark of the Covenant and when, you know, all of Israel was, was you know, celebrating him. That's how, that's how life works. So we just have to keep trusting God and, and remembering that my time is in his hands. I like in verse 19 where it says, Oh, how abundant is your goodness, which you have stored up for those who fear you. What a beautiful picture that is of just understanding that God is literally stores up. He like saves a blessing, spiritual blessing, physical blessing, natural blessing. He stores these things up and he's basically just looking for people um, that will fear him, respect him, submit to him, live in a way that's close enough to him that he could pour out these blessings. Our God is not a God who withholds, but he is a God that is waiting patiently for people to get near enough to him to give up to them freely of the things in which he has. That's why it says, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask of him? And so we just need to remember that anything that we are lacking is still found in God. And he is storing it up for us and he is going to give it to us. And uh, it says, it's stored up for those who fear you and who work for those uh, who take refuge in you in the sight of the children of mankind. In the cover of your presence, you hide them from the plots of men. You store them in your shelter from the strife of tongues. And so it's just saying, you know, our God is a God who stores up goodness for us. He protects us. He saves us. But he doesn't say all this um, from a place of seeing it all with his own eyes. He says all this truly prophetically of what he believes is going to happen to him, okay, based on what has already happened to him. And that's the best way to get yourself out of the pit that you've dug. That's the best way to get yourself out of depression. If you want a million dollar piece of advice today, it's this. Start prophesying yourself out of depression. Start prophesying yourself out of debt. Start prophesying your marriage out of ruins. Start prophesying your children's salvation. You know, and, and I know that sounds super spiritual today, maybe more than you're ready for this morning or afternoon or evening, whenever you listen to these. But I, I want to tell you, it's, it's not too spiritual. It's exactly the sort of people that we should be. Where we, the word prophecy, it's just speaking the word of the Lord. It's that I'm going to speak the word of the Lord and I'm going to speak what I believe God's going to do based off of what I know that God can do and based off of what God has already done. There's no penalty for that. That's called faith, okay? Don't just kind of shrug your hands and go, well, it is what it is and, you know, I don't know, I'm just hopeless and everything. That's what the enemy wants. When you're depressed, go ahead and acknowledge that it stinks. That's just fine. Man, it really stinks right now. This, I, I, we're looking like we're on the road to filing bankruptcy, but, you know, I know that God is a God who has stored up treasure for me in heaven and he's going to release it on me and I'm going to take refuge in him and he's going to open up the windows of heaven for me and pour out a blessing on my life. And, and, you know, and when you're downtrodden, you begin to speak life over yourself, you know, and you think, well, that's so radical, pastor. Well, you're already speaking death all over yourself. How radical is it to start speaking life? I mean, how many people speak death over the situation? Yeah, we're broke. I guess we're going to miss rent. That's a prophecy. Look at that right there. <laughs> you, you're already prophesying that you're not going to make rent. 
yeah, and then I guess we're going to lose the house, and then I guess we'll just have to go live somewhere else, and I don't know where we're ever going to find anything with the way that this market is, keeps going up and the increase. Man, you're even prophesying an increase in the market. Look at you and how spiritual you are. <laughs> and so, you know, it, we start to do that, and we just start to, all this negativity. But wow, how powerful of is it of where I know God's going to turn all this together for good. My time is in His hands. He's got abundance uh, stored up for me. I'm going to fear Him. I'm going to seek Him. And and I'm going to bless him. And I know that he, he always blesses those who wait on him. You know, we got to start prophesying ourselves out of these, these situations that we get into. And then in Psalm chapter 32, uh, David uh, begins to just rejoice in the Lord uh, for his forgiveness. He says, blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity and in whose spirit there is no deceit. And really what he's talking about here is just... Um, the blessing that comes from being in right standing with God and having a transparent relationship with the Lord where you keep nothing, you, you attempt to keep nothing hidden from Him, but that you continuously confess your transgressions and your wrongdoings to Him and you allow for the Lord um, to forgive you and wash you clean again. And then um, this is a really beautiful song because it's got all these these pauses in there. That's the word sila is kind of a musical term that indicates a pause. And these pauses are beautiful because uh, there's even one part where it really seems as though uh, David is sung apart, and then there's really a response um, from the Lord there, where where he says, you know, you are a hiding place for me. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with shouts of deliverance. And there's a sila there. And then it says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Be not like a horse or a mule without understanding, which must be curbed with bit and bridle, or it will not stay near you. And so that's, that's sort of, obviously David's not talking there about the Lord, but the, the Lord then talking to David. And so I, I've always really loved that passage because it's saying, you know, don't, don't be stubborn. And, and make it to where the, it's got to it's got to have a harness around its neck to follow you, right? Be be what, what's the opposite of that? When you think about having an animal, think about like walking a dog with a leash. Okay, think about dragging your dog down the road, holding onto this leash and this harness and everything. What's the opposite of that? Complete obedience directed by what? The owner's voice. Right. That's that's the complete opposite of that. And that's what the Lord is asking of us is that we would be a people. They don't have to be drug into situation and, and don't have to uh, have a bit in our mouth and, and all this stuff. But that we would be so attentive and obedient to our master's voice that that is what would steer us and lead us. And so, you know, this is a, just a call to. Uh, being in right standing with God, being in a transparent relationship with God, it's seeking of His forgiveness and His uh, 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 can, just a time of confession and being open in your relationship with the Lord. And then also that, that we would have a relationship where our ear is turned towards Him to where we're always attentive and listening to the, to the request and the commands and the, and the law that He's giving us and we obey it immediately. We don't have to be drug about. And uh, in Psalm 33 you know, it, it goes through and it's just talking about how praise befits the upright. And this is a beautiful psalm uh, talking about give thanks to the Lord, make a melody, sing to him a new song, play skillfully on the strings. You know, this is a beautiful uh, just um, invitation to worship. You know, sometimes people think um, that 
you know, uh, worship and with all these instruments and, you know, the loud noise and everything. Man, you know, some people think, well, this stuff's just for rock stars. This wasn't how it was back in the day. Well, you know, those people need to open up the Bible, just to be honest with you, because praise has been wild and crazy and loud for as long as there has been breath in people's lungs, God has been worthy of all of it. As long as instruments have been fashioned, there's been no greater use for them than for them to be beaten and plucked and blown for the Lord's glory. There's no greater use for uh, anything that we could create than to use it for God's glory. And so uh, I think when we get to heaven, it's going to be a lot wilder and louder and crazier than a lot of people ever expected. And I think that we really touch heaven when we tap into that here on earth. And so, um, you know, so there, there's a, uh, just a call to worship and praise in this psalm. But then it also talks about how um, the Lord's just uh, all powerful and he frustrates the plans of people and uh, how he uh, fashions the hearts uh, of every person. And uh, I like in verse 17, it says the war horse is a false hope for salvation because by its might it, it cannot rescue but behold the eye of the lord is on those who fear him and on those whose hope is in uh his steadfast love and so that's just a good a good reminder that you know don't trust in the things of that you can touch and feel and see and the things that you've acquired with your own strength because as mighty as those things may appear and sometimes we all incidentally rest a little too much on the things that we can touch and feel and see. But the only real thing that's worthy of resting upon is the Lord Jesus and fearing of God and trusting that my time is in His hands. And what I'm going to do is worship Him and praise Him just as loud and as mightily as I can. And I'm going to trust that He's going to work out salvation for me. And I'm going to prophesy myself and sing myself out of the, the mess that I'm in right now. And I know that God's not finished with me yet. And in due time, He's going to rescue me again and again and again.